The mountain had no name. It was deep in the Himalayas, overshadowed by a ridge on one side and a peak on the other, with the remains of an ancient Sherpa village on its lower slopes. The ground was dry, it was late August, and I was below the snow line, but the wind whistling down from the white-capped peaks carried a cold that bit through my clothes and numbed my ears and nose. The sky was a clear blue, fading to a lighter shade near the horizon, with lines of puffy clouds floating between the mountains, snowy peaks shining bright in the sun. Nothing grew but scrubby grass and brush, and not a single bird flew in the sky. There was a beauty to the landscape, but it was bleak and pitiless, indifferent to life. As I climbed, my attention was split three ways. The first part was focused on my footing and keeping my balance on the shifting stones. The second part was focused on the three men lying in wait in the rocks above. The third and largest part was occupied with the question of what else I would find. A little over twenty-five minutes ago, I'd learned that a certain person whose movements I was very interested in had travelled here. Unfortunately, while twenty-five minutes is a pretty fast response to an alert on the other side of the world, it was also more than long enough for that person to kill everyone on this mountain many times over. There was a very good chance I was already too late. On the plus side, the people above seemed interested in me, judging by the fact that one had a rifle trained on my chest, so at least I wouldn't have to chase them down. To a normal person my position would be a death trap. The mountain was bare, with the rocks providing only intermittent cover. I was well within rifle range, and the men above would have plenty of time to shoot me if I tried to run. If I tried to talk, they'd capture me, which would lead to me being interrogated, shot, or interrogated, and then shot. That just left fighting. The three men had an assault rifle and a pair of submachine guns, while I had a pistol holstered in the small of my back. Bad odds. To a diviner, the position was better, though still dangerous. I could use some combination of cover and misdirection to split them up and then pick off the isolated man. From there I could use a condenser on the remaining two to block their vision and set up a surprise attack. I'd need them to make mistakes, but not many people have experience in fighting diviners, and if I was careful and quick, I could eliminate all three without exposing myself to fire. I'm not a normal person. And I'm not just a diviner any more. I didn't go looking for cover. Instead, I climbed straight up the slope. They let me get very close. By the time the first man stepped out with weapon levelled and shouted, Ting! at me, I was right in the middle of them. I stopped and raised my hands. The man ahead was Chinese, short and compact, dressed in dark body armour with a submachine gun of a type I didn't recognise. He gave me an order. I need to talk to your boss, I said, keeping my hands raised. The man repeated his order with a forceful gesture. From looking through the futures, it was pretty clear that this guy didn't speak enough English for us to hold a conversation. 
The second man was behind me, and the third was off to the right, covering me with his rifle. They were being cautious. I am not kneeling down for you to search me, I told him. I have business with Lord Jagadef. Please let me pass. The man called something to the man behind. I could imagine what I looked like to the Chinese soldier. A westerner, tall and gaunt, wearing armour of an unfamiliar design, and a coat that probably held some kind of weapon. Clearly suspicious, but not threatening. He wasn't intimidated, and he wasn't about to let me go. I heard footsteps at my back. The second man was advancing. All right, I said. I don't really have time to talk to you anyway. Time seemed to slow as my futures branched. In one, the man behind me used the stock of his gun to club me on the back of the neck, stunning me and knocking me face down. The other man followed up, both of them aiming their weapons at me, shouting questions and threats. But that future was already ghost-like and fading as I turned from it towards others. In a handful of futures, I spun away, drawing my gun and firing. Usually I killed one, in some I killed two, but all three men had me in their sights, and nearly all the possibilities ended with bullets ripping through my body.' 